You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Charisse Marcantonio. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Hello, thanks for having me. How Yay. are you today? Oh, I'm so good. I'm actually, I've actually been so excited to talk about this. <gasps> yes. yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I don't We've get been to have so these conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't really get to have these conversations very often. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were on your podcast last week. We did the recording with you talking all about thrush. Yeah, on Sourpuss. Great name yeah. for a podcast. <laughs> no, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are so geniuses. Yeah, that was that was really good. Like Florence and I don't often get to go on other people's podcasts. So thank you for having us on. It was really yeah. nice. Do you not? We couldn't couldn't shut up about it really. Every so often. Oh yay! We do. So could you tell our curious fuckers a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm 27 now, but when I was 18, I was actually known as the sex lady for a while. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I, I um, was teaching all my friends sex education from what I was learning. Because mm, I was the only amazing. one that wasn't sexually active when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But I somehow found it really interesting to know all the information and give it to everyone. So I basically ended up teaching sex education, decided that it needed to be taught by young people um, in schools, just because you're slightly older, but relatable and with the skills and the knowledge to go and teach it. And I found that way really worked. So I started a campaign um, and then Channel 4 picked it up. And then I started a six month campaign of changing the national curriculum. So I was on every random, I know, right? Every random television bit and just doing loads of random things. And I developed a name called The Sex Lady. So that's fun. That's incredible. (laughs) I can't believe we haven't had you on the podcast yet. You're like the ideal fucks given guest. It's criminal, guys. It's criminal. Also, did you want to... Tell us what Sourpuss is about as well, because is this it's a new podcast, right? It is. So I've just recently been brought on by Sourpuss mm-hmm. podcast, and it's basically just having those conversations that you know are slightly taboo amongst yeah. women, or you know, women with an ex, and it's just bringing everybody together to to just talk about normal things like thrush and everything that's going on with your vagina and your boobs and creating that space really for yeah. those conversations. Mm. People oh, don't God. really talk about thrush or like BV or like vagina problems. And it's always seen as something that's quite like embarrassing because we don't talk about it. And it's so normal. Like once you start talking, like when we were having that conversation, just the amount of issues that we had all collectively faced when it comes <laughs> to our vaginas was crazy. Yeah, totally. it's, it, and it's, it's not shameful. It's something that your body does. It's like an infection or a bacterial issue or, mm-hmm. and it's something that can be so easily sorted out but the less you talk about it it becomes this huge great big deal where you just end up feeling so shit about yourself I still I still can't believe when I was 15 I was so sure I was the only one in the world experiencing these things even though my mum reassured me I was just I can't the amount of times I had to try and hide it and just a bit of a nightmare really that's Mm. it's so that's so bad though because it's such an easy thing to talk about like in sex education um it's it's it should be just 
basic human knowledge because it's such a normal bodily function and the fact that we're all sitting there thinking that it's we're the only person that this is talking to because everyone's just too embarrassed to talk about it it's really sad yeah so sad great big snail thick chunky snail trails in your knickers it's just a norm (laughs) oh my god yeah the discharge even just like discharge i was like oh my god i'm so embarrassed there's so much like gunk in my knickers i was even embarrassed because my mum did my washing yeah um, like don't my see my not yeah yeah i remember that so vividly and it's like they, i mean our mums have been through it worse and more and we yeah. also forget that thrush is not just for people with vaginas uh, men can get thrush too penises can get thrush mm. too mm-hmm. um and i think that, that isn't mentioned so that when somebody with a penis does get thrush they don't know what it is or they don't they don't understand it so it can get easily passed around um because that's just what happens with with thrush. Yeah. i mean now we're speaking like thrush we're having like a recap yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> that's not what we mean to do but let's just yeah let's just normalize the conversation around vaginal issues and now let's get to the juicy bit mm-hmm. let's talk about your last fuck Fuck number one. The last fuck. My last fuck was so lazy. Like, <laughs> I, my, my sex drive is quite low. Considering mm-hmm. I'm quite experimental, people would assume that someone that's, you know, likes to get a bit freaky sometimes would have a really high sex drive. But it's the complete opposite with me. I've always mm. had a really low one. And we've actually... And she's been really poorly recently. And I don't know what it is that's making us have more sex than usual. (laughs) Maybe it's like the sort of that, that like lazy, sleepy, ill sex. I mean, I know that when you're feeling unwell, I'm like, we're so much hornier, unless we're ill, ill, ill. But like, it's kind of that I'm in bed and I don't want to feel shit anymore. And then you're just like, well, I'm going to have a cheeky wank. And I think it's the same with sex. (laughs) Why don't you have sex when you're ill? It's just just a thing. That is so true. Like whenever I'm ill in bed, I masturbate so much. Yeah. Is it it like a a psychological thing? A physical thing? I want to know. I want to know more. I mean, yeah. So interesting. Maybe there's nothing more to do. (laughs) I think I just remember she was laying there and I was laying there and... I don't know, we were both sick. That's what that's what's really confusing yeah. about this situation is we were both not well. I had this pounding <laughs> headache. She was like sort of head to toe ill. We would have thought it was one of the weeks where sex was literally off the cards. We yeah. just stayed there and we got into it and we were like, what the fuck? It actually cured my headache. That's no the way. thing is that sex actually is a pain killer, to be yeah, honest. I believe killer. it. If you'd have told me that, I'd have said, I'd have said you're lying. But honestly, yeah. <laughs> my headache went and I was like, what the? Fuck. I don't know if it's because I had less time to feel sorry for myself oh, and what yeah. was going on and that I just kind of got over it. But honestly, well, I was very grateful I mean, for that, the orgasm and the pain relief. Sex does yeah. a lot for our blood and like the like pushes the blood around in different ways and makes your heart beat fast. And also maybe it's like the pressure. I know that when there's pressure off the cards for sex, when you're both like, no, we're not going to have sex you end up having yeah. sex. Like you want yeah. it more, it just, you slip into it because there's no pressure of like, we should be having sex, but we're not. And then it feels like a chore. Yeah. yeah. And I think we do have to just like, sex doesn't always have to be like wacky, exciting, like all of this stuff. Like sometimes our last fucks are just a little bit like, 
yeah, it was just mm-hmm. sex, you know? Yeah. It was nice lovely, though. Sleepy pleasure. Mm. It was super spontaneous. It was lovely. And, um, oh, that's so we were nice. really proud of ourselves that we were so sick and still managed to, you know, have the time. <laughs> yeah. That was a really good achievement, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Round of applause. Medals to both. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, pa- I'll pass it on. Everyone needs to, like, go off. Everyone's going to be, like, people that are sick with COVID right now are just going to be like, ooh. Maybe we're just having sex. Maybe don't have sex if you have COVID. I mean, why? But, if you're quarantining yeah. with somebody, for sure, yeah, that's fine. Them, you might as well just do it anyway. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, if they, absolutely. Yeah. If they're cool Actually, with it, if both par- parties are, are comfortable with it, consensual, <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> just cure COVID with sex. <laughs> but also, I think orgasms and pleasure, you know, that it does relieve good, good endorphins and good chemicals in your body. So Definitely. the happier you are mentally the happier you are physically yeah well i mean masturbating and sex are great for your immune system so we should all be making sure that we are having a lot of pleasure at the moment to keep our immune system can i ask you a question though because do you like i still get the shameful wank do you still get that no you probably don't you've been doing this for so long i don't know I, I, i was thinking about this the other day and sometimes i'll be watching some porn and like really fucked up porn and then I'll come and immediately afterwards the shame will come and be like oh my god I can't look at this anymore even though I've just come to it it's turned me on really like a lot um but that's I I get that rarely and half the time if I get that I'm like don't be ridiculous it's it's fucking porn like it's it's fine yeah I think personally I only get that when I watch porn yeah um and it has to be like a certain type of porn as well like if it was like kind of like indie ethical independent then i don't think i'd feel ashamed after watching it but if i okay. was going to like porn hub or something i'd feel a bit like oh gosh really like, when it's like That's... something that i'm not totally like on board with porn hub's a different matter though like we know porn hub is evil they are trying to change their ways but they are evil. They are a big so bad wait, company. So wait, what other porn do you watch then? Because I only watch Pornhub. So you guys are saying mm. indie porn. And I'm like, really? But I have no idea what you're doing. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I haven't actually watched porn this year. Shot what? Shot horror. Jesus. Nah. Well, I guess like briefly, but not like properly to like sit down and masturbate with. Whilst I was at that staycation at Mama, Sh- Mama Shelter, I put on, we put on porn like just for a laugh. But we weren't like watching it to get off to the porn. It was just more like, let's have a look at this channel. Mm, I think there's but, a lot of, uh, well, there are a lot of porn companies out there that are good and that are ethical mm. and that do treat their people right and show what real sex is and have a real inclusive um, cast. But yeah. it's really hard to see when the easiest fucking platform to use is Pornhub. Like I watch Pornhub a lot and I feel bad for it. But I also pay for... Um, kink.com which is definitely more like of the fetish BDSM mm. side of things um, and I felt really good that I pay for that um, yeah. but it's you know it, it, it's hard to find stuff that you like but then as, again as like someone's quite naive mm. um, to this whole situation why do you feel better that you pay for kink.com uh, because I feel like it's it's like when you actually go to the movies and you pay for a film that you love and you're supporting mm. not only the actors, you're supporting that type of genre, you're supporting that director, you're supporting the crew and everyone that was involved with that film. And it's exactly the same with porn. You're not just sitting there using them for free and like basically illegally downloading it so they don't get mm. the money necessarily. It's kind of like... Yeah, if you love an, a music artist, you want to pay for their album because you're like, yes, you deserve that money. 
Mm-hmm. Porn, it, we're so detached from the idea of doing that with porn because it's almost like we don't respect them enough like we do with music or that's films. That's so interesting. Like, yeah. You know, they're, they're just something to like quickly bust a nut over and leave and forget about rather yeah. than be like, you've done a fucking amazing job and you have made me feel better than than anyone has this week. And yeah. I like love this person. I love this. I love this film. But yeah, I won't pay for it. it there's yeah. something very shame. We're still mm. like wrapped up in this idea of shame. Oh no, I can't pay for porn because that means I'm a pervert. When it's do like, you know, yeah, honestly, no. Do you know, honestly, what I what I would think about that is, is a lot of people, including myself, would be like more naive to how it all works. Mm. So you, I would think that you know people got their money for. I, I don't know how it works. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're in a yeah. scene, I'm assuming you got paid, and then do the rights then belong to you, or do they belong? Do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, uh, for me, it would be more just didn't even think about it. Naive, yeah. I'd say. I mean, we don't think about it. We were so caught up in the in the world of torrenting and illegally downloading and free streaming. And it's not only mm. until Netflix, Now TV and Amazon Prime have come along where we feel a little bit better for paying yeah. for mm. a subscription service. And now OnlyFans as well has made that so much nicer for the actual artists themselves to get money without having a massive cut. But it's it's yeah, kind really. of like... Uh, yeah, you're right. The process. Nobody explains the process to you. But it's like, there's, how would you how would you know unless you worked a, in that industry? There's a really good um podcast slash audiobook by someone called John Ronson and it's called The Butterfly Effect. I think that's the name of the person that um that did it. But it's it's really interesting. So it's talking about um basically the ripple effect of um the company mind geek um sort of like mm-hmm. pay like making Pornhub and like what what that meant for the rest of the porn industry so if anyone was like interested in f- finding out like why Pornhub isn't really the greatest place to like watch your porn and like basically just it, it really delves into like all the sort of like lives that then have been changed by this huge growth in free porn mm-hmm. it's really really interesting Highly Pornhub is a little it. bit like the evil version of YouTube where you have creators dedicating their lives to put like you know putting up YouTube videos yet someone will just like take a video or take a clip and put it up on YouTube and then potentially earn money from it and then those Mm. creators that have dedicated their lives don't get much much money back from YouTube itself because it you know it's either duplicated or copied or there's just so much other content out there they don't really look after their people enough but saying that Mm. Pornhub, Pornhub is changing um, it's yeah, a cheap site. Something. Yeah, I saw something about it changing, mm. and basically because users were allowed to upload footage, and they were using pirated footage. Yeah, they, to they upload could put up it. anything, absolutely anything. anything, and that's where major problems arose because you would get cases where children were being exploited and putting up there with you know sexually exploited, and mm. people uh, that went missing, trafficking, trafficking everything went it's up terrible. there because there wasn't an easy way a simple way a good way for people Verifying. to report and to verify that it was ex- that it was the creator's video it was it could be anyone's fucking video but they mm-hmm. are changing that now you can't just put up anything on Pornhub they have to verify it and check it and make sure it's all like you know you own the rights before you can put it up there thankfully thank god for that because that totally. i mean that was a whole mess and i used pornhub and i felt guilty for so long using pornhub when it is mm. the easiest site to find porn on it's just so fucking mm. user friendly yeah sorry we're should, not we, we should stop talking whole... about we should actually talk about you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no i'm loving it, I'm loving it. <laughs> you're educating me fuck number two the best fuck 
my girlfriend with very, very established in our roles. I am the top. No, I'm the bottom, sorry. And she is the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We don't divert from the plan. We, we find, we just, it's just our way. We love it, you know. Yeah. But one one time I was just like, I just want to do it. I just, I just want to do it. And we did it and we swapped roles. Yeah. And we loved it. <gasps> we absolutely loved it. And now it's like, I imagine how it, like, uh, imagine how it's like when some show people get anal out for Christmas and New Year's. And <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I imagine it's like yeah. that, but that's, we switch it every now and then, but we still like our roles. Like I love being, you know, the more vulnerable one, the more like delicate, the lady. Mm-hmm. She likes being the dominant, like, mm-hmm. so that we know our roles, but every now and then we switch it up. So the first time we did that, we were like mind blown how much we enjoyed it. Oh, I um, love that. And the second time I'd say, it was just the most passionate thing I've ever experienced in all of my life. We would show them ones where you're just like rolling around in the bed. And it's like a movie. You might yes. they film. It's oh. like, it was almost like how you see sex scenes in a movie. We were so into it. We were rolling. It was just the best sex ever. Oh, like yes, so delicious. So sensual. So just everything. Mm, it's like, like when you just like roll around in bed all day just fucking just because you just oh just six hours it was oh that's so and, and, good and we, six we just, hours the, that's the beauty of a strap on it never goes down it stops from that <laughs> and you get to custom pick your size don't you yeah fuck yeah. but what about your holes your poor holes it's like fucking firewood no I, she did Off not feel sorry hours. for herself don't worry about that like, <laughs> we actually we were trying to pound and we couldn't pound hard enough yeah you, you've been there yeah like, just yeah. fucking just can't get fucking hard enough. that was that was yeah. literally our session that sounds so delicious <laughs> it oh. was babe it was amazing mm. what like when you're when you changed up your roles in the bedroom what mm-hmm. sparked that kind of initial thought that you were going to be like actually today i'm going to mm-hmm. do something a little bit different and how was it like being in that role when you had never done it before see I tried it before but I always hated it that's the thing like oh, I, yeah. I've tried it with previous partners but it's always been because they wanted to try something or just to try it out but it's never been me and that's what yeah. I think made it so unique because it was such a natural thing and all yeah. of a sudden positions and gender and sub and dom everything just went away mm. so it was kind of weird because she would always want to feel like the dominant one and I would always want to feel like the submissive one yeah but in a weird way the roles actually didn't reverse mm-hmm. if that makes any sense like she didn't feel weak I didn't feel like the man almost it it just was a a, a fun kinky sexual thing does that yeah. make sense yeah have you yeah. have you gone back to flipping those roles so yeah, we've done it a few times. We dabble, but we mm-hmm. but we very much know our place. And yeah, we enjoy our place very much. <laughs> your your yeah. sexual preferences, yeah. I feel yeah. like it is just so good to switch things up though. Every so often, like trying anal, it's like, mm. and th- there's almost like um, some adrenaline that comes from like doing something that's like kind of out of the ordinary and not what yeah. you usually do, and that's what kind of makes it exciting. It was so beautiful as well that we were both so open to it and so comfortable. Because, yeah. I, I mean, if, honestly, us two are the most adamant people that are stuck in our roles. We actually laughed when we got together. We were like, no, I don't, I can't do all that flipping business. No, I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> we know our roles. I'm not doing it. And then we were like, what the fuck? I can't believe it. But it was amazing. It was mm. absolutely amazing. What were you nice being surprise. like, was it was it like a bit BDSM-y or was it just sort of dominant and like, the control or 
position wise? I try to think. I'm pretty sure it was it was just missionary. I think Doggy would have really been pushing my luck. It, that <laughs> but I think I think it was missionary, and it was just really intimate. Like we were really close, and mm-hmm. yeah. No, I I don't. I, it wasn't be it wasn't bondagey at all. It was just quite like um, I don't know. I didn't even feel dominant doing it, which is a really yeah. weird thing. She still had her her dom esque vibe about her, but I guess I don't know. I can't explain it. Was, great was she like a what's it called it's like a power power bottom it's like yeah fucking do me <laughs> nailed it babe nailed yeah. it fuck number three the fantasy fuck okay so i'm so gutted that my fantasy fuck didn't happen because mm-hmm. we had it all lined oh, it up it was going to be and it nearly fucking did, <gasps> babe, it nearly did. <clears throat> so we were going to vegas in june oh. before covid kicked our asses oh, fuck. so the plan was when we get to vegas i we, we booked a really nice hotel i was going to go downstairs i was going to be wearing a nice dress she was yes. going to come downstairs and i was going to be her escort So she was then, she was, she was going to actually save real human money to put, to tip me. So I was going to take her upstairs. I was going to go in the hotel room and she was going to tip me, but she was going to touch me. I know, right? She was not going to be allowed to touch me. And then we'd get to a certain point where I've received enough money that she could then flip it and be the dominant one. Yes. We were so excited. But do you know what? Even that fantasy got us off so many times. Imagining it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like multi-use fantasy. (laughs) It was, babe, it was recycled to fuck. Mm. I feel like that's kind of the, it's kind of nice knowing though that you can do it in the future like it's actually realistic and you're gonna feel like comfortable to do that because I think quite often when people have a fantasy even if it is doable they're like oh actually I'm not sure if I would be confident enough to sort of yeah. like pull that off in real life yeah we, we actually so gave good. it a trial run oh yeah we gave did it- you <laughs> 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 we gave it a trial fucking run and it wasn't like my fantasy I'll tell you that mm-hmm. um within this you had a paddle she spanked me at some point. We didn't have real money. So she was transferring me money, like, I think by the hundred um, to my <gasps> bank account. Oh, so shit. that killed the moment in itself. Yeah, because right? you want like actual cash. There's something to, very sexy about cash. At me. Yeah. But she was, we had some savings for holidays. So we just decided that she was just going to give it to me. And the rule was, the biggest rule was that if you give me money, believe me it's my money and I'm keeping it so (laughs) so you actually need to be prepared for me to keep this money all right because I am so she's tipping me in hundreds we're doing more and more stuff fucking hundreds as well shit honestly I was not playing around baby yeah in it spenny girl (laughs) (laughs) so then um I don't know what happened or along the way my neck has gone click Oh no! <laughs> for the, it was fine in the night because we were drinking. You know, you don't notice. But then for the next yeah. what four days, I couldn't move. No, like, you must have tried to know. I did something. I was just like, it was just oh, a hot mess. Which oh, like, God. it was a practice. We like to think like we got yeah. all the king, we got all the um, shit parts out of the way first. Yeah, that what, sounds good. What, having a practice. Yeah, what is it about um, the sort of exchange of money that is <clears throat> such a turn on? <sighs> I don't know. Oh my god! I don't god. know what it is. I'm such a massive, massive 
um, sub and dom person. I love it. Mm. I love to feel vulnerable in sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just yeah. my kink. And she loves yeah. it as well because she loves that taking control of my body. So yeah. we've done millions of things where millions we've done loads of things where she's completely like dominated me and taken control and it literally just gets me. But I think I I don't know, I like the thought of being like all sensual and you know, being wanted and then ha- like I don't know. I don't know what it is about money. Mm. I think it was just a... I think sex worker fantasy is massive. I I share Mm. exactly the same thing. I mean, money is power. So a lot Mm. of it is like there is an exchange of power in some way, shape or form with the money. So maybe the the sex worker originally has the power (laughs) and they are like, oh, yes, I'm going to take money from you. But then, of course, like you get um, stereotypes play where the sex worker gets almost used and mm. and then suddenly the control is in the other person's hands because I've paid you money, therefore you need to do what I say. Like, yeah. I, I fucking love that so hard. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty hot, actually. That's turning me on right now. Yeah, just like you're a joke. Feel free to use fucking my money. fantasy. Yes, we're going we're gonna to seal it. It's done. Rip. Compare notes. Oh my God. <laughs> I just like, <clears throat> I get scared about role play stuff because mm. like the idea of, it for me sounds so fun but I just I'm I'm always one of those people that has like the idea in my head but like I can't fulfill it because I'm just too shy it doesn't come out your mouth you're like thinking it you're like I'm playing this character in my mind but you're like can't say I just can't do it I'm just scared yeah which is such a shame it is I really need to get over that yeah you can break through that I think I think it just takes a lot of work and like practice and getting comfortable oh my god we need to take acting classes for our fantasies oh, who, who's talking about we i'm already a sick actor <laughs> oh but we also need we also need strip dancing um lessons yes because that's also part yeah. of my fantasy i want to be able to oh, like dance. yeah like a stripper Shoot. and then like you know put like mm-hmm. well back before covid like five pound notes in your pants like mm, that's it you fucking shimmy your ass like try and like, slip it in the butt crack <laughs> sorry sorry you're a, you're a spenny girl hold on uh, what's our highest note 50 50 pound notes <laughs> i need to get over this fantasy thing maybe i should try out that fantasy too it sounds pretty hot yes start slowly start slowly start introducing mm. little things because i'm i get quite shy as well mm. so yeah. i think it's just start really slowly and just creep up with your adding layers to it yeah. yeah well like the whole practice thing or like playing around mm. with it but on and off so it's not something serious where you're both sitting down being like yes let's play these two characters maybe you mm. know you said it before Florence where you kind of played around like jokingly putting on a, a western sort of accent and yeah. playing mm. around with that and and it doesn't have to be sexual but then you kind of go into it yeah that even that scares me I'm like <laughs> but then you'd be <laughs> putting on your they? your um your Liverpool accent just easy I uh, know. Yeah, you want to fall? Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck With me. Chicken and a can of cold. <laughs> Root insurance puts you in control. Root is a new type of car insurance that uses the sensors in your smartphone to look deeper than other insurers. Here's how it works. Download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior, like turning and braking, and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate, meaning good drivers could save hundreds. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. Fuck number four. The what the fuck? 
well, it didn't actually get to fuck, but it was the intention. Mm. So I was seeing this girl for ages. I really liked her. We'd been seeing each other for quite a while, but we hadn't had sex yet. So in my head, I devised this whole plan that we were going to go out clubbing and then we were going to go back to her house and we were going to, you know, have sex for the first time. But obviously yeah. the longer you leave it sometimes, the scarier it gets and the bigger of a thing it's built. Mm. Yeah. So I got back to her house and I sat there downing like a straight glass of Malibu Fuck. trying to build up the confidence. <gasps> I only oh, fell asleep no. but naked and wet her bed. <gasps> no! Oh, I no. it. Their bed. She woke. We woke up in the morning. Like I was butt naked. Don't remember getting butt naked. I remember like a moment. Do you know when you have like a little um, clip in your like a flash, like a video clip. Yeah. Of me in the shower, like singing and by myself, me dancing. I don't know why I was in the shower to this day. I don't know when. (laughs) I don't know what happened. All I know (laughs) is that I was butt naked, and I was on her bed when I woke up and there was a towel underneath me. She oh, wasn't in the bed. Fuck. And then I was like, you're right. She was like, yeah, you sweat so much last night. Like, it's, the bed's wet. And because I was still drunk, I went, babe, that won't sweat. And then we just left it as that. And then we just, <gasps> we just didn't. So then I'm like frantically panicking, like stripping the bed sheet. She's like, leave it, I'll do it. I'm like, no, you fucking won't. So I'm sitting there stripping the bed sheet. Oh, like, bless you. That was, it was a great story to tell at work, but honestly, yeah. it was humiliating. But Did you see her again? No. Oh no 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 no! That just wasn't oh no yeah. But to be honest, there was more. Yeah no, it was just non-starter really. It's quite normal though um, to wet the bed when you're really drunk. Really normal, yeah. and if not worse, shitting the bed's very normal when you're drunk. I've heard at least two stories of people shit, really? shitting shitting themselves or shitting the bed when they're really drunk. Oh god. Yeah, shitting the bed. Mm-hmm. I can't Not imagine you that on a date because you, you've really got unless you've got diet. Sorry to get gross, but unless you've got diarrhea. Like, <laughs> well, it's not a solid really thing. Would. It's just like oh. dribbling out of you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know it's like it that's you know that's, that's that's when you know it's like full on alcohol poisoning for sure. Yeah, I've definitely no. had that before. Like a lot of the time, Have if you? I drink a lot, I'll shit my guts out. Yeah, but just yeah. not where I'm co- incoherent and <laughs> shit in the bed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, like I I feel like the what the fuck moments are always somehow like based around alcohol and sex, yeah. or like even just like the potential to sex. I don't know what are we like. I know, I know. <laughs> I it's because alcohol's illegal. I think that's it, and it is a you know it's a confidence booster, and it does mm. you know help people feel less uncomfortable, and it it's just so ingrained into all of our culture that it's just so normal like that that's what you do for most people you go on a date with somebody you don't know and it's an icebreaker you have a drink um mm-hmm. it's not necessarily good and a nerve suppressor yeah nerve suppressor and then if you're really nervous you think oh well I'll just get really drunk and of course that's the last thing you want when you're drunk or when you're you know having sex with somebody because yeah. it's especially blackout drunk but we've all been there it's just fucking horrible I don't think I've ever had sex with someone new and not been drunk mm. How, I just feel what, like I'd what, have been too nervous. Mm, I yeah, I definitely get that. I mean, obviously, like when you do when you're dating and stuff, you do generally like drink on a date, so it it's is just so normal. It is yeah. really normal to always like have a little drink before sex. But I am seeing a lot of profile dating profiles that say I do not drink, which really? is really interesting. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if do you I... guys drink? Absolutely. Yeah, Could you 100%. be with someone that didn't drink? 
I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I do love a drink, but you'd have to kind of work out the dynamic of of like mm. being able to enjoy alcohol by yourself and letting them not. But I think there's a barrier mm. there because the whole point of getting drunk together is this whole like you're yeah. being stupid together and dumb yeah, yeah. and like you're both on the same level because it's the levels, right? It's like it yeah. doesn't matter if somebody's like drinking or another person's smoking weed because you're not yeah. on the same level. You you kind of want that like totally. unity. Totally. That's the thing. Mm. And it's 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 a social like occasion as well. Mm. Like it's nice to have drinks with people. Like I love going out for dates with people and like having drinks. Mm. And like, I like sharing that interest because it yeah. is a common interest. It's, it's my not hobby. about like but it's <laughs> yeah. not about getting drunk. Like I like alcohol because it tastes good and I like trying different things like cocktails or like wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like so for me it's more about like a common interest, not necessarily about being on the same level although it's good to be on the same level yeah and alcohol Mm. is very very problematic i think we probably need to talk more about alcohol and sex because Mm. it is so normal that everyone does it yet we still haven't really spoken enough about that barrier of when it's too far of when you do black out of when there's the issue of consent because you are both so drunk yeah um it's that i mean yeah we're we're almost like scared to talk about it i think um yeah the bbc program i may destroy you brought up so many good things around alcohol and substance i've not seen it i'm gonna have to watch it oh it's it's so incredible um it really makes you think um no no. it's a it's a yeah it's a drama but i think it's based Mm. on real events real life Real, yeah, yeah. It, real... as a pre-warning it is very triggering i don't know a single okay. person that hasn't watched it and gone holy fucking shit like i you know I, oh my god i i have had non-consensual sex or that has yeah. been a fuck situation so i found it really hard to watch yeah but it's yeah. so alcohol, important alcohol is it can be problematic as well because i mm. feel like i've been on some dates where i have drank and if i hadn't of been drinking I probably wouldn't have slept with that person yeah and I would have made a different decision so mm. in some respects it's like is it ever ever a positive thing I don't know <laughs> I mean I think it can be because I think you can have really like fun together and I think you can have yeah. a couple of drinks and get really like chatty and silly um yeah and and it helps mm. a lot of people who are very shy come out and be their true selves because they feel yeah. com- more comfortable drinking alcohol but it's just we we just need to remember our limits and when a date is going badly not to go well this is going shit i'm gonna drink loads because that's yeah, so that's... easy to do yeah and then you end up fucking them yeah. obviously because you're like wasted yeah i i had um i had a bumble date recently where i ended up just getting like way too drunk and i went to the date thinking right i'm not gonna sleep with this person like this is gonna be like literally just a date and then like maybe he'll walk me home and then we'll leave it at that like I really was quite adamant that I didn't want to have sex but then obviously I got like four like four or five margaritas down I was so (laughs) wasted so by the time that he walked me home and was like oh shall we continue this I was like yeah why not (laughs) and then we drank more when we got into mine and just like had the most wasted sex and also there's it was period sex Mm. and like a drunk period sex no the the bed the bed sheets they were your favorite so, bed sheets they were my favorite did, did bed you sheets. did you did you tell him before that you were 
on your period or did he just find out then it might have come up though like, <laughs> I don't know. Never know the thing is what would you be doing be like okay before we start this day uh, just to let you know I'm on my period and you won't be oh yeah like, it's, it's a yeah. very hard conversation to have yeah he wouldn't yeah he wouldn't have known that I was on not, my period on the day mm. some people are just not, not down for that are they and some people just don't definitely yeah. I think I think um, people with vaginas are so much more understanding yeah. of periods compared oh, to yeah, totally. people who don't have vaginas yeah. But I have like, mm. I have a weird feeling. Like, basically, I enjoyed the sex that night and had fun. But at the same time, I don't remember it that much. Mm. So it was yeah. like, I think I had fun. So it was like, uh, the day after, I was like, I don't know whether that should have happened or not. And also, we were so drunk that we didn't use a condom oh, and I had to get yeah. the morning after pill. Oh, mm. So that was a kind of another level yeah. of like, yeah, coupled, I wish that I didn't get that Coupled drunk. with anxiety, because anxiety is evil the next day, especially when you're really hungover. Mm. And if you've had sex with a stranger, if you've had sex generally or been on a date, you will just be destroying yourself with, did I say something stupid? Did I do something yeah. wrong? Do I need to overthink this situation so much so? that I feel really gross and uncomfortable and mm. sick to my stomach and yeah basically the moral of the story is alcohol is fucking evil sometimes <laughs> and you yeah. just gotta be careful with it <laughs> I think yeah I think it's just knowing that there is there could be like consent issues surrounding alcohol and just to be safe with it yeah when it comes to dating because also I yeah someone that I that actually I had quite a lot of sex like first time sex without being drunk this year oh huh, nice I like Which that. is, well, mm. last year, because this will be out next year, but you know. It's like they want to give you a round of applause, but it shouldn't have to come to that. Wow, you had first no. time sex without alcohol. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. We'll do it anyway. It was actually amazing. Yeah. FYI, a lot more like sensual and like kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? This feels so good. Mm. And like very present and connected. Only That's if you connect, connect with the person though. I've had a lot of yes. sober sex this year <laughs> where it has not been like that. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I drank more. <laughs> <laughs> so moral of the story, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, just know your limits and be as safe as you possibly can, but enjoy yourselves. <laughs> fuck number five. The fuck that changed the game. Um, my game changer fuck was probably one of the last times I slept with a guy. And um, ah. I think I was 18 or 19. And I've always been quite a naughty person. I've always pushed boundaries. I've always done what I shouldn't do. Like, mm -hmm. it's just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And when sex with guys just started getting a bit rough, on my request, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't really, I don't think I processed so much why I wanted it to be rough. And I look back now and I just wasn't feeling anything with guys and sex. Right. Nothing. That's I wasn't feeling anything. Like that moment where you connect in that real like, oh yeah, I'm into this. I never yeah. got it. So sex for me with guys was constantly, how can I entertain you? How can I please you? How can you go back to your friends and tell them I was good? And how can I make you have a good time? That was what sex was because I was so I was so sure that I was broken. I mm. thought I just didn't get sex. I didn't really think I was a lesbian. I knew that I fancied girls, but I thought that was the rebel part of me doing what I shouldn't do and wanting to push boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really give it that much time a day. Mm -hmm. But yeah. with guys, I had boyfriends and when sex got so rough one day that I literally in doggy, I've asked a guy to like punch me in my back. Oh, a few times. shit. Just wow. because I feel like it's, it, you, I was just, 
it started off lighter, but then you need more, you need more, you need more, mm-hmm. don't you? Like yeah. any drug or like anything. Mm-hmm. I just needed to feel something during sex and I didn't process it, but that was the only way that I could do it. And then I think one day, the next day after like someone was punching me in my back during sex, I was like, this isn't right. This yeah. is not right. <laughs> sex should Something's not be this. Up here. Something's wrong. Um, and then I think I just had a chat with myself and I just thought that this is just not how it should be. And then I think mm-hmm. I started thinking a lot more, you know, into what made me feel good and et cetera. And then, you know, it helped me come to, not come to terms with it. It helped me realise that, you know, just quite gay. <laughs> that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone's story like that before. Like, kind of like feeling like you're broken and that there just isn't any kind of feeling and connection there so like hence you try and make feeling out of like pain and like dominance and like make it work kind of thing Mm. Mm. I just I look back now and I just don't know how I didn't see it like I did Mm -hmm. but you don't do you in hindsight like every all of my friends had boyfriends so I had boyfriends and the the fucked up thing as well which I don't think a lot of people realize is there is a huge difference between sexual orientation and romantic orientation Mm, and for me I was younger and I was really beating myself up being like well if I can fancy guys and I can kiss guys I can't be gay so but I can ha- have sex with girls and love it and I can be romantic with girls so am I bisexual or am I a lesbian mm-hmm. and I went back ah. and forth and I was like you need to pick Sharice you need to pick because when you're introducing yourself to people or, or whatever you need to know who you are I know a lot of people are against labels mm-hmm. but I actually needed a label I needed to be able to call myself something so I felt like I understood myself more yeah that was just the easiest way of me doing it I needed to be able to label myself Mm. something and I went with lesbian yeah and the reason I went with lesbian is just because I I was working in a gay bar at the time bisexuals got so much stigma so much shit so I would literally go up and say oh I'm bisexual even though I had a girlfriend I had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. but I would still say I'm bisexual and People be like, oh no, not one of those, or oh god, and people treat you differently. It's, yeah. it's, it's, wow. get, the the you, bisexual women get so much more shit from lesbians than than anyone else. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I, bisexual stigma is so bad, and then also you internalize that, Terrible. and then you think you think that you're like a liar or you're cheating because yeah. people are looking at you like, well, you the. I, I mean, when I came out as bi to my friends years ago, one of my friends who was a lesbian, I had a girlfriend at the time, was like, there's no such thing as bisexuality. You're either gay or straight. And I was like, but I'm fairly certain I fancy both. Like, but you know, it frustrates me mm. because like, if you can accept a woman loving a woman and you can accept a woman loving a man, how the hell can you not accept that some people love both? Yeah. How because, can you not? Yeah, maybe just, because of their make, personal experience where they thought they were bi but then realised they weren't. I yeah. think that, I think a lot of it draws from that. And it's also, yeah. it's like instead of just having one gender to be threatened of, now you've got two genders to be threatened yeah. of. I think that scares and a lot of people. A, that's, a, that's a big part. That is a huge part about it as well. Mm, I just, yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. I just thought, do you know what? I'm in a lesbian bar. I just, me and my ex-girlfriend had broken up. I was single. And I was like, 
I'm just a fucking lesbian. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I lean to one side more than the other. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to be sexual ever again with guys just because it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why not just call myself a lesbian? Because explaining all of that to someone is A, exhausting, B, open yourself up to so much criticism and doubts and questions. I just couldn't be bothered with it. So ever yeah. since, really, I've just gone with lesbian because... You know, and I wish that's one thing that I could let people know and let everyone in the world know that there is a huge difference between sexual and romantic orientation. Mm. So if you're feeling confused, and I hope you can imagine that me at 18, that was such a a mind fuck, Mm. not being able to figure it out. And I literally, I cried so many times over it because I just wanted to know who I was, where I fit. But yeah. as you get older, you figure things out, don't you? And then yeah. here I am. <laughs> I think labels are are good in the sense that if you need a label to find your identity and who you are, I think they can be so powerful and to find your community. But community, yeah. yeah but otherwise, mm. like you are who you are. You don't have to have a label if you don't want to. You can your your sexuality totally. and who you fancy and who you're romantically interested in can be a sliding scale. But if mm. it also helps you be the person you want to be and feel confident in yourself, then give yourself that label and find find like-minded people. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you identify as lesbian now or bisexual? Yeah. Mm-hmm. as a lesbian. Just because mm-hmm. I've not been with a guy in eight years, I have no interest in going back. And yeah. I just... I just I just feel like a lesbian, really. Yeah. And that's silly because I'm I technically... If I was to give myself a label, I think technically I fit under queer more than yeah. bisexual. Mm-hmm. Or, we also forget that labels well, can change. We we could be straight at the beginning, bisexual, <laughs> lesbian. Like I'm I'm pansexual now, and I I don't get nearly half the same grief as I did when I was bisexual. Yeah, I can what, imagine. I don't understand why. What's the difference of be about like what really is the difference between being pansexual and bisexual, and why is there more stigma towards bisexual? But I think I think it's just like bi- we, we know bisexual for for a longer amount of time, and bisexual yeah. gives you the impression that it is just men or women. It's not. Apparently, bisexual is is when you fancy two or more genders. So pansexual and bisexual was so similar, but I think it's the word itself and what yeah. we've like, you know, made as a stereotype. We think that totally. bisexuals are just, I only fancy men or women. And it's not, yeah. it's like, you know, you could be bisexual and fancy loads of other genders. Yeah. I think mm. even though bi- like bisexuality is, it's something that a lot of people are talking about now, mm-hmm. but I still think the stigma is there. Like, oh, it definitely is, is yeah. It's rife. It's absolutely rife. I know a few of my... Guy friends that, do you know what, actually? Through talking more and more to people, my friends about bisexuality, the amount of my friends that you would never guess that are not exclusively um, homosexual or heterosexual, you'd be shocked. Some of my, uh, I had one friend, she was the butchiest looking lesbian you've ever seen, Mm -hmm. but I had a chat with her and she was like, well, no, actually, I kind of like guys, but you can't. And then some of my Mm. gay, gay guy friends say, well, you know, I'm like 95%. I have got this. But you have to suppress it because you go into this community, you go into the gay community and you're flying your flag and you're with your peers. You don't want to have any room for doubt in in some kind of weird way. You want to ride with your crew. Like you want to be with them 100%. Like people, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people that if, for example, if I, a few years ago when I was more heavily involved in the gay scene, if I'd have come out as bisexual, 
1,000% people would have looked at me differently. Yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. Then my friends would have treated me differently. I wouldn't have been like, one of us. I wouldn't have been <laughs> one of them exclusively. It would yeah. have been this real divide. And it's happened to some mm. of my friends that have then got a boyfriend and then were like, yeah. fuck you then. Yeah. I, I think what you said about like, having like that conviction is really interesting mm. and like not having those questions and those doubts because I think that is what so many people struggle with when it comes to sexuality because mm. really like when it comes down to it most of the time sexuality is fluid there's probably yep. hardly any people out there that are 100% gay or straight totally yeah. and uh, unless they're like you know they're burying it because of some mad yeah. issues and they're like no I exactly. must be but still, yeah. there's like this, like that. If if you feel like, oh, I've identified as straight my whole life, but I have all these like thoughts and feelings, and I want to do this, there still is that like self doubt there, yeah. where you start gaslighting yourself to feeling, oh, I'm not actually bisexual because like I've never done this or, or whatever, and like I can't or I don't know. It's yeah. just it's such a confusing like world. But I'm so like happy that we're kind of in a place now where we can start being more open about being sexually fluid rather than totally. either or. Yes, Gen Z are saving us and, and the age of the <laughs> internet and the age of like understanding and just being more inclusive of everyone and respectful of everyone's feelings and thoughts. Like that, totally. it it, it's, we, we, we are changing the world slowly but surely away from all those stupid <laughs> traditional old school thoughts and values like now nah, we're done with that shit now like let's let's move on let's get better better human beings for fuck's sake my girlfriend of 14 years never wants to have sex this year we've done it five times last year it was seven she won't talk about it and when i bring it up she gets upset I give her plenty of space as I don't want her to feel pressurised at all, but that makes no difference. It just means the length of time between love loving is longer. She blames the demands on her, on her time with work and family, we're in, bra in brackets, we're not parents by the way, etc. Even when we've been away on holiday or at a five star hotel for Christmas, it still doesn't just doesn't happen. The last time I brought it up, I mentioned things that I'd like us to do or try, toys, outdoors, etc. These are the things we used to do, but she said I was being weird. That broke my heart a bit as that mm. took guts and I felt like my trust had been thrown back in my face. I love her so much, but I can't go on like this. I'm on my own all the time with work and when I come home, that continues alone. I'm thinking about leaving because I simply hate having no phys human physical contact. It's very lonely. Oh, that's so sad. I feel like this is quite um, a normal thing to happen in long relationships mm -hmm. as well because you get so used to like having a relationship the like a certain way that the sex just sort of becomes less and less. And if you like still love each other as friends and stuff like that, it's and you've lost that physical attraction or physical connection it's very hard to get that back I almost feel like this would have happened to me if I stayed in my last relationship yeah it's it's not abnormal I think everyone who goes through long relationships especially long distance like you end up that mm. sex is just forgotten and it's unfortunate that that happens but it does happen like people end up feeling more comfortable and intimate when it is just 
without sex, yeah. which is which is nice. But if one person is craving it more than the other, then then that's when you know conversations do need to start happening, or you need to look at how much like this is affecting not just your relationship but also your your yourself and your self esteem and and how how you look at yourself. I think it, it's it's such a tricky Sometimes. one. Sometimes I think it's also tricky because it feels like the longer you've left it, the harder it then comes to go back into that situation because yeah. you feel yeah. that added pressure. You know that that person wants you to have sex. And I, I can speak about this freely because I have a low sex drive. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's quite hard to be with someone that wants sex a lot less because I, I, I want to express to you, I still love you, I still want you. I'm just not in the mood as much as you are. And then the longer yeah. it's, it's left, the harder it gets to get back on the bike or the more pressure there is to it to go well or, or just to do it. So it's a bit hard when you get to that point. Mm. And not yeah. everyone's lo- lust language is the same. Not everyone's mm. love language is the same. Like she might be um, thinking that you and sitting and having a video call or reading a book together, that's her form of intimacy and sex. And she gets the yeah. same thing out of that than you do out of actual sexual contact and mm. playing around with toys and experimenting. You know, it might just be that you're like, you are getting it, but it's just in a different way. But you won't know until yeah. you have conversations like that. But then there's also the yeah. issue of putting on pressure because the more pressure you put on, the harder it is for somebody who doesn't have a, as high a sex drive or doesn't want sex yeah. as much as you to, to feel comfortable. I think if you are like really wanting this relationship to work, then it's like a couples therapy, 100%, because you need to both have that open space to have this discussion with someone that's going to mediate the conversation. So she can't just like say, no, that's weird or I don't want to do it. And like just remove herself from the conversation. Like you both have to be there and actually listen to each other. And I think that's that's hard to do without a mediator mm-hmm. and without a therapist there sometimes. But I really think that's kind of like, you're kind of at the point where that's that's the stage you're at because it sounds like she's not going to have that conversation with you. Mm. I mean, you're doing... Maybe writing a letter, actually. Yeah. Writing a letter about it. Yeah, writing everything down. Even if you don't give mm-hmm. her the letter and you write it down, then that will be helpful to... Uh, separate the emotional confusion with the mm. actual like facts and what you do have together and what's important yeah. to you um yeah yeah but the the fact the fact that you actually wrote into us and and tried means that you are making an effort and the fact that you are trying to have conversations with this person it means that you are you are doing your best but maybe the language just needs to change or um the way that you mm-hmm. talk about things needs to change um, you won't know that yeah. until you really sort of look into it more and do your research. Like it's very research is always so underrated, um, and reading articles where people are in the same similar situations because they always shed light on things you haven't even thought about. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, good luck with everything, um, the relationship, and we hope that this advice has helped. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's time for us to fuck off. Sharice, it has been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for being here on Fuck's Given. Pleasure is all mine, darling. Yeah, it's been so <laughs> lovely. Thank you. And thanks for having us on Sourpuss Podcast as well. Yeah. It was a delight. Check it out. Um, where I'm sure can we'll our... do many more things together, darlings. <laughs> yes, please. Where can mm. our curious fuckers find you? 
You can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at Sharice underscore Mark. And I'll spell it because it's a bit of a, an arsehole name. Mm-hmm. So it's S-H-E-R-E-E-C-E underscore M-A-R-C. So at Sharice underscore Mark. Beautiful. Amazing. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to give it a rating and a review and subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. If you have your own sex question or sex story, please email it in at fksgivenpodcast at gmail.com. As well as you can follow us on Instagram, Come Curious, and our personal accounts, Read Amber X and Florence Bark. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone, and you will hear us next week next week babies I love you all ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's an episode we recommend hi I'm theme park journalist Carly Wiesel and my job is to bring you the weirdest wackiest theme park stories on my podcast very amusing. Hear how Disney built a Star Wars-themed land from the people who built it, the wild way Butterbeer was first created, and this week, get a secret look at what happens inside Disneyland's members-only Club 33 and its extremely private-themed bar. Very Amusing is jam-packed with exclusive details about Star Wars, Marvel, and Jurassic World attractions, hilarious celebrity interviews, and, well, everything you've ever wanted to know about theme parks but haven't found anywhere else. Want to go on a wild ride that won't cost you hundreds in admission tickets? Listen to Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, 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 Acast recommends. recommends.